The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. Issues that dominate America. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, welcome to State of the Nation. It is November the 30th, the last day of November here. So uh, we are very happy to be broadcasting live with you right here on today's News Talk. TNTradio.live is the website. And of course, uh, our video streaming is up. It is running 24-7 along with all of our live broadcasts here at today's News Talk. So do follow us on Rumble, YouTube, Odyssey. Uh, You check the video feed at the website and video pods are now available so start looking into those we can find those on the website and of course all things related to today's news talk over at tntradio.live i'm brian mclean broadcasting live out of central texas and i'm here with steve hook who's live out of new jersey steve it's great to see you today good to see you brother it's uh, a wonderful wonder but this month just zipped by but it's a uh, wonderful to be back to uh to help wrap up november with another big show today man Big show, big show. COP28 is happening. Craig Rucker from CFACT is going to come by to speak with us about that. Uh, Mike Netter is going to come in and put some of that heat on California like he so often does here at TNT. Very excited to talk to Mike Netter and Craig Rucker today. Uh, Steve, it's going to be a really bombshell show. Yeah, I, you know, we were talking off air. Uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Murano and company get get removed uh, from from that. Uh, I, I guess it's that's a whole forum there where they're doing talks and they're they're basically just conning people out of money and telling them the you know the sky is falling and uh, we're gonna all burn up even though that's complete garbage. Uh, and I know that Mark uh, and Mike are probably don't have a lot of fans at this event. Uh, it'll be interesting to to hear about it. Yeah, big event, big event promoting UN Agenda 2030, all their sustainable garbage, all their grifts, all their power grabs as they're over there trying to figure out how to impose austerity on you and I. Uh, But Steve, real quick, I have a a technical thing I want to throw out there. This might be helpful to some people out there. If you're like me, you might have more than one Google account. Now, I know, shame on me for having a Google account, but hey, I am a internet guy, so uh, you have to have them for some things. Uh, but Google may delete your Gmail account and photos tomorrow, okay? So if you're like me and you sit on some Google accounts for various purposes and don't use them uh, very often, you might want to think about this. Um, starting this week, Google will start deleting inactive emails, photos, and other accounts that have remained inactive for two years. So if you want to prevent any accounts like that that you might hold from being deleted, you got to sign into your Google or Gmail account by tomorrow, before tomorrow. So do it today. Uh, get in there, send an email, uh, put something in your calendar, throw something in your G Drive, and uh, you won't have your account deleted so uh, I'm not surprised they're doing this, Steve. These accounts are very disposable. It must be using up a lot of space on their servers. Poor Google. Oh, poor, poor Google. Uh, maybe we should put Google in charge of cleaning up voter rolls across the nation. Uh, oh, uh, that would idea. be it. <laughs> there's an idea. Instead of just uh, <laughs> blanking people's Gmail accounts, 
that haven't been active for a while. How about um, getting rid of dead people on voter rolls across the country? That'd be a, that'd be a, uh, I would, I would actually support Google for that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm we want Google in those records whatsoever. That's Steve. a good point. Too, though, yeah. They might delete. <laughs> but yeah, I take yeah, your point. point like when it, yeah. when it comes to national importance, yeah, our voter rolls definitely very important. Luckily, we have some excellent patriots out there working that project on behalf of the American people. But that is a mammoth project right there for yeah. sure. You're not kidding. And there's lots of roadblocks intentionally put in place to to stop those people, you know. So yeah. uh, it's uh, anyway, I'm sure we'll talk about that more and more, especially as we get closer to the election. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Uh, one more thing before we get to ruckus here, Steve. Um, have you heard the term zombie schools yet? No. What is That's that? That's a new I, one. I, I, What's a zombie school? <laughs> a significant but unknown number of public schools across the U.S., particularly in big cities, have lost so many students in the last half decade that many of their classrooms sit empty. That is amazing right there. Uh, but, you know, a, a lot of these schools, I guess, were held up by uh, pandemic era money and it's starting to dry up. And uh, yeah. Very interesting to think about because we always hear too much about or so much about, oh, we have too many students in our classrooms. We can't, you know, we can't give them the individualized attention that they would require. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I guess if you go to Oakland, California or other places, you can quite literally uh, not have enough students. Pretty amazing. I would I would I would be willing to bet that the uh, the way that's going to be addressed is to throw money at the issue. <laughs> We, we need yeah. to spend more money on our empty schools. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely amazing. Uh, zombie schools. Okay, well, I guess we'll have to keep an eye on that one. And I'll remind you, why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all the major social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Gitter. And now we've added to that the video streaming platforms where you can uh, comment and follow also. So please do that. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Russia, gas prices, COVID mandates. It just doesn't seem like anybody's doing anything about it. Today's News Talk Radio TNT. Top Republicans on the House Energy and Commerce Committee are calling on U.S. health authorities to look into the suspicious clusters of viral infections and reports of pneumonia among children in China warning it could be an abdication of their duty if they were to allow the regime in Beijing to repeat its misdeeds from the COVID-19 pandemic. Here with the story, joining us now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark. Ruckus, um, I was just reading about this this morning. I've kind of been seeing one of these almost every morning for the last couple of weeks. I always peek in there and say to myself, OMG, let's not do this again. What do you got here? I think we're doing this again. Um, I hate to say it. So I will preface this with, here we go again. All right. So in a November 29th letter that was yesterday, addressed to CDC uh, Director Dr. Mandy 
Cohen, the lawmakers underscored the Chinese regime's repeated efforts to suppress information about the burgeoning COVID-19 crisis when it began to spread in China almost four weeks ago, which just really feels like a couple weeks ago, doesn't it? Such actions by China have drawn criticism from international bodies such as the World Health Organization, which the lawmakers noted, quote, has long been criticized for being overly accommodating to the Chinese Communist Party, end quote. Dr. Cohen was scheduled to testify before the committee's oversight subcommittee today, November 30th. We'll have to follow up on that. The respiratory illnesses and cases of pneumonia among children in China have overwhelmed hospitals. Does this sound familiar? And alarmed the wealth, the World Health Organization, the WHO, or the, yeah, the WHO, sorry, uh, which is urging China to share data about the outbreak. Wait a minute, what year is this? I'm getting confused. Anecdotal reports also indicate that children are transmitting the illness to other family members, including adults. So there is a new spin here. Chinese authorities have responded by saying that they have detected no, quote, unusual or novel pathogens or unusual clinical presentations and only a, quote, general increase in respiratory illnesses due to multiple known pathogens, end quote. That's according to a statement uh, from the World Health Organization on November 23rd. Uh, it cited Chinese officials as further stating that, quote, the rise in respiratory illness has not resulted in patient loads exceeding hospital capacities, end quote. I guess that's not good enough for some folks out here because Foolish once, shame on you. Foolish twice, shame on us. The There are three Republican lawmakers, Representatives Kathy McMorris-Rogers, all Republican, of course. Uh, let's see, she's from Washington. Uh, Brett Guthrie from Virginia. Morgan Griffith, also from Virginia. Um, while expressing skepticism about the World Health Organization, are asking the CDC to step it up. They wrote in the letter, quote, the American people should not have to rely on the unaccountability and untrustworthy WHO to communicate information about Chinese public health threats. Further, we cannot allow the CCP to block the CDC from accessing the information it needs to protect Americans and assist in appropriate public health response efforts. End quote. They requested that the CDC, not the CCP, brief the committee on a biweekly basis on the issue and respond to a list of questions about the wave of respiratory illnesses in China by December 13th, including whether the CDC has engaged with its Chinese counterparts regarding the outbreak issue, related details, and its plan of action. Uh-huh. So... I don't know. Uh, they seem to be concerned about it as well. They probably possibly should be because here we go again, again. There are reports just all over the place in the past 48 hours that several European countries are battling with a similar crisis is what they're seeing unfold in China. And it might be too late because here we go again, again, again. The news today uh, on Daily Mail is that there are doctors in parts of Massachusetts and Ohio right here in the United States of America reporting a spike in child pneumonia cases similar to the outbreak spreading in China and parts of Europe. So, guys, what's going on? Is this it? Do I need to go get a bunch of masks again? What do you think?
at nice. least a, at least wear three at a time. I'm sure if you wear three at a time, if you uh, stay home, don't go anywhere, social distance. Uh, luckily, you work uh, in a home studio, so you don't have to give up your job. But uh, yeah, maybe those will keep us safe this time. What a joke. I, li- I like how you said the CDC, not to be confused with the CCP. Oh, really? Really? Because uh, I do have them a little bit confused with the CCP. Same with the WHO. They all feel very CCP to me. And one thing I will say about this, I was reading about this this morning, and uh, they're, they're basically saying that, uh, let me see if I can find this part here. China's Ministry of Health has informed the World Health Organization that mycoplasma pneumonia, a typical seasonal bacterium, causes ongoing childhood respiratory disease. Now, uh, if that's true, uh, this is bacterial in nature, uh, or at least the one I'm reading about is bacterial in nature and not a virus, right? Not a subatomic particle that magically jumps from person to person in six weeks across the planet. So yeah, and and, and what is this white lung syndrome we're hearing about out of Cincinnati? I mean, uh, is, maybe I'm just um, ignorant to what that means, but it sounds to me like more of a colloquial term that would be used very easily for neurolinguistic programming and to get people back in that I'm scared of particles mode. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and we would be remiss if we didn't make the connection that shockingly close to an election, this is happening again. Hmm. I wonder what precautions we could take as a nation. Perhaps every single person in the country should get a ballot mailed to them and we should all just mail our ballots in uh, and they should probably put ballot boxes, voting boxes all over the neighborhoods in the in the bluest of blue cities uh, and leave them unattended. And that's how we're going to fight this bacteria, folks. Um, it's such a, a, you know, look, I'm not saying that these cases aren't real. Obviously, they are real. Kids are getting sick. But is this is this part of the whole Fauci uh, and the whole uh, uh, the, the Wuhan lab type? Uh, is, is this uh, is this was this cooked up in a lab or is it a naturally occurring bacteria that magically rears its ugly head 11 months prior to the next uh, general U.S. election? Uh, It's hard not to connect those dots uh, these days. Yeah. Yeah. And Ruckus, let's not forget also um, if this is not a novel thing. uh, Well, that's why you might see terms like uh, white lung syndrome. You know, we got to throw new names at it. We can't just call it pneumonia. And uh, to Steve's point, well, um, in 2020 and 2021, uh, all of a sudden, normal things like flu and seasonal cold just sort of disappeared, uh, replaced by PCR tests, fake PCR tests, telling people that they have tested positive for something that has only been modeled on a computer, never actually seen. Ruckus, anything else on this? Yeah, you know, there's days like this. I wish science still existed versus the new the science trademark copyrighted because there's a lot of science and thought and uh, things not being done here. Uh, I know it's just early, but not not so with uh, that. Where is it? Warren County County. That's just 30 miles outside Cincinnati. There have been 142 pediatric cases of this condition dubbed white lung syndrome since August. 
Okay, so this has nothing to do with what's happening in China, obviously. So something's going on. Uh, also, you know, didn't didn't we just see a release of noxious, toxic fumes spilling into the air someplace in Ohio? Yeah. Somebody might want to investigate that. Haven't we seen an uptick in kids taking dangerous experimental vaccines and all sorts of bizarre stuff? Maybe we should be looking at that. There could be a lot of reasons for this, but for the CDC, the WHO, Republicans, politicians, governments that just jump on board. Oh, let's get scared. Come on. That's what I mean by here we go again. And I'm not doing it again. So nice try. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. one more thing I'll throw out there, you guys. Um, they've been advertising a pneumonia uh, a, a pneumonia vaccine for the last couple of years here. And I know someone who took that vaccine and then died of double pneumonia only weeks later. So that's just an anecdotal data point that I'll add. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Ruckus. We'll see you in the next hour. Great job here on State of the Nation at today's News Talk TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Joe Hoff. Just a terrible situation there, and Biden was behind it, pushing these arms, pushing billions of dollars over there. We don't know where that money went. I'll bet you money. I'll bet you a huge percent uh, went. I bet you more than fifty percent didn't go to the uh, to the people or to the war. Uh, it went to people's pockets, kind of like what we have in in uh, Palestine uh, with the U.S. since since well under Biden, uh, Trump shut this down thank god but you know biden obama they started sending billions over to uh, that part of the world these people are have been after israel forever and and uh, supported by iran and billions of dollars going their way and uh, to help them uh, you know basically uh create chaos in the Middle East, terrorism and and we saw what happened earlier this year about a month ago uh, the two one attack in israel and the death and destruction, rape and kidnapping. More than 240 people kidnapped. Joe Hoft on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. thelightpaper.co.uk Unbiased information. Honest and forthright. News without the misinformation. It doesn't matter what side you're from. What matters is what you say, the truthfulness behind it. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Are you familiar with the COP series of events, UN COP28 being the newest one. The UN COP28 website explains COP28 UAE will take place at Expo City, Dubai from November 30 to December 12. The conference is expected to convene over 70,000 participants. And uh, we know that the UN's 2030 climate agenda is a fraud, a power grab, a bunch of climate alarmists and pseudoscience pushers high on their own propaganda, supporting global cabals, ginning up new ways to make us regular sandwich eating plebs out to be a planetary existential threat. So uh, joining us now is one of the uh, reporters, disruptors. I'm not sure what word I want to use to describe the amazing Craig Rucker, co-founder at C-Fact, uh, currently serving as its president. Uh, Craig, welcome to State of the Nation. For the uninitiated, what can you tell us about COP, uh, the COP series in general and this year's COP28? 
Well, let me start by saying thank you, Brian, for having me on your program. Uh, the COP, or COP, stands for Conference of the Parties. Uh, this has been going on since the 1990s, since uh, George H. Bush signed the Global Warming Treaty back then. It's, uh, it's an attempt by the UN once a year to get together to assess the state of the climate and come to agreements. And uh, initially, they weren't every year, but for about the last 20 years or so, they have been annual events. Uh, they rarely take place. In fact, I don't recall. I've been to 25 of these 28 conferences, kind of give my age away there. Uh, they're never in places like Akron, Ohio, or Toledo. They're in places like, you know, Marrakesh, Copenhagen. And in this year, uh, they're going to be meeting in glitzy Dubai, where a bunch of uh, do-gooders, save-the-earth types, will be flying over there in private jets, taking private limos, uh, working in the harsh realities of that glitzy city to tell us all how what we need to do, how we need to sacrifice more in order to stop a planetary emergency that uh, they had, they some claim should have already occurred by now. Uh, hey, Craig, Steve Hook here. Thank you for joining us. Um, Thanks. How are you? You said you've been to 25, so this will make 26 or this will be 25. I, 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 you've been to a lot of them. Uh, how are you received there? Uh, I, I would, I would, I would wager that they kind of look at you with a side eye and like, oh, geez, he's here again. Uh, Mark Morano, probably the same story. So, how, how are how are you uh, treated when you when you're at these events? Well, yeah, Mark and I work for the same firm, CFACT, uh, though he runs our Climate Depot News and Information Service. He's been to a good many of them, too, uh, before as a U.S. Senate staffer. And in fact, it's through these COP meetings that we met and he came, we came to work together. Uh, it's been a rough go. Uh, there's been certain times that we've gone there that uh, we've been able to uh, cause a little more trouble than other times. We've been thrown out. I can think of times in Morocco when we've been tossed in the desert and our credentials yanked from us for putting up a full-sized uh, picture of Donald Trump and shredding the Paris Accord in the middle of it. That kind of provokes some people. In other cases, we boarded Greenpeace ships and dropped banners off them and uh, done other things that were stunts that we got a little bit of a claim for. Given that this year's is in an Arab country where they don't really take too kindly to that sort of pranking, uh, we probably will be a little more tame here, but we'll, we'll try and have some fun. Uh, essentially, what we try to do is hold press conferences, hand out scientific information, and very importantly, report back to the American people through programs like yours uh, to be able to tell them what's really going on. Because the news, as you know, sugarcoats it and doesn't really tell the full story of the types of things that are being discussed and some of the activities that are actually kind of wild and crazy that go on at these particular events. Oh, do expand. Uh, I'd love to hear about that. I'm told, well, I'm reading here that there's um, expected to be over 70,000 participants there. Um, first off, what kind of stuff does go down there? And um, also, are there more people like you and Mark there? Or is it just, are, are you guys kind of the black sheep there? Is everybody there drinking the, the global Kool-Aid? Oh, no, we're definitely the black sheep in this particular case. This is like, uh, you know, I don't even know what you would describe it as. We're, you know, uh, a pair of uh, kind of conservatives in the middle of a, you know, Democrat convention or something of that sort. So, no, we are definitely uh, uh, stick out like sore thumbs. There are a handful of other groups that go there. I know the Heartland Institute frequently sends people, the Competitive Enterprise Institute, but they're small delegations like ours that try to uh, 
infiltrate and find out. And we do get together. We do a lot of teamwork, cover different meetings, some of the crazy stuff that goes on. I mean, there were some discussions back in South Africa a few years ago about giving rights to Mother Earth as though Mother Earth was a person. Uh, we exploded that story. It went international and they yanked that language from the treaty. Uh, other cases, we were able to uh, uh, uncover that in Peru one time that Greenpeace was desecrating the Nazca lines, which are a sacred, you know, uh, to sacred to the uh, indigenous peoples down in Peru. They got arrested for that. And uh, that was part of our covering of that particular story. In this year's uh, meeting, uh, one of the main things that we've been talking a lot about is they want to target our diets. They say the average American consumes about 147 kilograms of meat each year. They want to get that 147 number down to 15. So you're talking about a 90% reduction in the amount of meat that we're to eat. When you uh, ask them, and this is a Eat Lancet, which is 30 renowned scientists that the UN seems to be listening to, uh, they're saying to replace this with nuts, fruits, vegetables, and of course, perhaps insects. Jeez, always, uh, you know, I, I I understand the people at this. Uh, this is as 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 Hesher rightly described. This is a massive, massive power grab, but it's also a massive, massive money grab. So I get their agenda, evil though it is. What boggles my mind, Craig is that people actually buy into this BS. Um, there's no science involved here, and the science that is involved is bought and paid for science. It can't be trusted. Um, are, are we seeing, is anybody, does, does everybody still buy this? Because it looks like in Europe, every other day, a can of tomato soup is being thrown on a masterpiece or something. Why do people fall for this garbage? Well, I think you have different actors here. Certainly money is a big one. In fact, it's kind of interesting that this conference is even being held in the United Arab Emirates. Uh, they're the poster child of everything the Greens are saying <laughs> we shouldn't do. How do they build their economy? They were a dust bowl city back uh, you know, a couple decades ago, but they built their economy on fossil fuels, which of course the Greens want to outlaw. And uh, they get about 95% of their electricity consumption come from oil and gas. Uh, in fact, even to make matters worse, the uh, presiding president over this particular uh, conference is none other than Al Jaber, who heads a company called Adnik. Now, Adnik is the 11th largest petroleum company in the entire world, and that's who's chairing and heading this particular conference. You'd ask yourself, why? I mean, it, it makes no sense, especially since uh, the Sultan, that's what he goes by, says that he wants to expand oil and gas production at the very time he's chairing a conference where they're actually talking about phasing out fossil fuels by the year 2050. Uh, one thing's for certain, uh, they've exempted themselves. They plan to make a lot of money on this, and that is clearly one of the motivations at play here. I would say, yeah. though, in one other case, there is another motivation, and I would say it's a quasi-religious one. Uh, last year at Sharm el-Sheikh in Egypt, uh, there were a lot of side events that I happened to stumble into, and we took some photos, and then we realized we couldn't, we published them, but then we realized <laughs> the UN changed its positioning on how you can release those, so we had to take them down. But there were people praying to Mother Earth. There was actually a ceremony where people went up to Mount Sinai, which was not far from Sharm el-Sheikh in Egypt, and actually brought down a new Ten Commandments. 
Uh, I guess the old ones dealing with adultery and murder and stealing are kind of passe in the green world. Uh, they thought the more important ones than those are things like lightening your carbon footprint, uh, much more pressing. So there is a religious, quasi-religious component to many who attend this uh, as though it's kind of their religion. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely uh, sacraments. There's all the, all the hallmarks of a religion just in the ideology associated with the climate alarmism. Now, hold the line. We've got a headline inbound here, Craig. And when we come back, we'll pick up right where we left off. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Now, big, big news. TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The humanitarian ceasefire between Israel and Hamas was extended early Thursday morning, shortly before the six-day truce was set to expire. Nottingham City Council has declared itself effectively bankrupt due to a budget imbalance in the 2023-2024 financial year. Top Republicans on the House Energy and Commerce Committee are calling for attention from U.S. health authorities on the suspicious clusters of viral infections and reports of pneumonia affecting Chinese children. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. Yes, follow our guest work over at cfact.org. You can find the latest over there and keep up with Craig Rucker. Craig, what you said about meat has me very disturbed. First of all, bugs are not good for you. They're not healthy. The way that they raise them in factories, even ickier. And the amount of animals that they kill to, to just to build these bug factories is ludicrous. I mean, it, so many. it's like at every single so-called solution, there's a massive contradiction and a massive set of vulnerability, risk, health risk, uh, financial risk. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's a paper tiger at this point. It's a straw man and they want to push us into net zero. Um, so you talked about the religious aspect of this. That is very disturbing in its own right. Go watch Midsommar if you want to see how far that can go. <laughs> Scary movie. Um, but Craig, uh, what is this net zero? How, what are they saying about net zero now? Cause we all know that this is an unattainable trope, a bumper sticker, if you will. Well, net zero is a commitment by the nations, kind of outlined in the Paris Accord, to try and achieve a, uh, you know, where you're absorbing as many CO2 emissions as you are uh, putting out. That would be like planting trees and things of that sort to basically suck up the CO2 that maybe you're putting out with your uh, electricity producing sector and automobiles and things of that sort. Uh, at this conference, they say net zero is passe. Uh, we kind of thought that would eventually be the case. Uh, these people are never content and they are not talking anymore about just, uh, uh, you know, phasing down fossil fuels. They want to phase out fossil fuels. And that's been a big discussion leading up to Dubai is whether or not we should phase down or phase out. Now, the U.S., uh, the European Union, and uh, a number of other developed countries have actually advocated for a phase out. Now, that was resisted by the G20 nations and principally India among them, uh, saying they aren't going to go for that. They want to phase down, but not a phase out. Of course, when you ask them phase down how fast, <laughs> they don't give a date. And we know one thing's for certain. China 
has no particular interest in phasing down anything. In fact, they're set to produce uh, as much new coal production between now and the year 2030 as the U.S. presently has. In 2022, they actually licensed or built two new coal plants every uh, week uh, of 2022. And there's no sign of that stopping. At the very time that he's meeting with uh, Biden in San Francisco a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, they made an agreement to try and do something on climate. Our news didn't really cover it very accurately. Basically, Biden said, we're going to go net zero and try and, you know, scale back any use of coal or fossil fuels, go all electric vehicle and that sort of thing. And China basically only promised that they'd sell us the materials you need to gut your economy and get rid of fossil fuels. So, you know, that's the great agreement that our fearless leader yeah. got us into. I tell you, Greg, really diplomat. I, 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 yeah, I mean, it just it's just so maddening to hear all of this uh, because anybody with, you know, two firing neurons in their head uh, that looks at this can realize that it's that it's a sham. And not only is it a sham, that that's not the only thing that frustrates me about it. It's what they're talking about, net zero and phasing out, phasing down, whatever. What they're really talking about is phasing out and phasing down liberty. Uh, they don't want you to drive very far from home. They don't want you to eat meat. So they're coming after ranchers. They're coming after meat packers. They're coming after consumers. They're coming after everybody with this big plan. And Biden stupidly re-engages in the Paris Accords, which Trump rightly ripped to shreds. I pray God he does it again if he gets elected. I'm sure he will. But is there is there any turning back from this? Is common sense ever going to prevail or just too many billions and perhaps trillions of dollars involved here uh, to, to, to force this down our throats, whether we want it or not. Well, I do think there's some hope in this. I think we saw it briefly when President Trump was uh, around last time, as you mentioned, uh, Stephen, he uh, actually got rid of the Paris Accord. We were delighted with that. Uh, there's been some other positive developments in Italy uh, with their elections and electing a good leader who seems to be uh, not in lockstep with what's going on. In Argentina recently, a guy who's very hostile to the climate agenda was elected and the same in the Netherlands. So we see some stepping back, but it's going to have to come from the people and voting for leaders that are skeptical of the climate alarm nonsense. You know, a lot of these, one who's leading off the COP28 speech is, again, uh, King Charles III. And he's going to be speaking tomorrow, as a matter of fact. And he's he's like the perfect spokesman for this. Uh, back in the early 2000s, he predicted the world had, what, only 40, 50 months left? That time limit has come and gone. As recent as 2019, he said the world had 18 months left. That timeline has come and gone. We have famously Greta Thunberg saying in 2018, the world has only five years left. She put that out on Twitter and removed that tweet when that deadline came and went. And we have AOC saying in uh, 2018, the world has only 12 years le left and then kaput because of climate change. They make these proclamations and uh, then the timelines come and go and people don't remember and uh, they get away with it. Our hope is, is that they're running out of time and that people will start to see through the charade and realize that all their projections, they're saying storms are getting worse, temperatures have never been hotter. We debunk these claims almost uh, at least every week at CFAC. I know that some of our allies do the same. I'd encourage your listeners to come to our website. We have climate fact checks on all this latest hype or Climate Depot, Mark Morano's site, and uh, just 
we pick them off one by one. And our hope is, is that programs like yours will get the message out there and people will see that the emperor has no clothes. Yeah, that's right, Craig. <laughs> the emperor absolutely has no clothes. Uh, and the kids that we're seeing out there that are working at the behest of, uh, I believe, the Hillary Clinton uh, is one of the uh, funders to uh, just stop oil. They're out there wearing their Gore-Tex jackets and, you know, probably getting <laughs> dropped off in a Soros bus, you know, using diesel fuel to go in there and ruin stuff. I mean, it's it's really getting pretty transparent and i think you're right i think a lot of people are getting hip to it they way overstepped in the netherlands and now there's a new political party over it so we do have some good successes and some good models to look at here craig and we really really appreciate you uh taking the heat taking the flack taking the flight going out there immersing yourself in this swamp with our friend mark morano and uh, really looking forward to hearing more from you guys as you go through this process. Are we going to be able to have you back uh, so we can get like a wrap up or an on-site talk perhaps? Yeah, we could do either. We could do it when we're over there in Dubai and or when we come back. I'll leave that up to uh, you all as to what your schedule is. And uh, we'll try to make that happen. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. yeah it would. I really want to get an update on this from the ground there. Maybe we can get you while you're there in Dubai. That would be amazing. Craig Rucker, thank you so much. Uh, again, cfac.org. Uh, best of luck on your trip. Watch out for the uh, the fun police, if you will, out there. And uh, stay safe. And we'll look forward to having you back on again real soon. All right, Brian, Stephen, good to be on your program. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on State of the Nation. This is TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. I really don't like picking on the company I used to work for. I have a tremendous amount of respect for the people I forecasted with there, and that was at AccuWeather. And in the old days, AccuWeather was like playing for the New York Yankees of weather. It was just unbelievable. It was like the world's greatest forecasters under one roof in State College, Pennsylvania. But something has turned around over the past 10, 15 years. I think it started with the Weather Channel first, and now AccuWeather is all in on anything that has to do with global warming. Now, there's a recent blog that they put out, and the headline is, NOAA reports declining snowpack means worldwide food disruptions. This is the headline from NOAA. It's a UPI article. Naturally, AccuWeather is more than happy to promote this. In fact, all the media is more than happy to promote this. There's just one problem. It's not true. Food production globally has been going up. In addition, we can cherry pick the snow cover. For instance, in the autumn, the northern hemisphere, where most of the land is, snow cover is going up. In the winter, it's going up. It is true in the spring, it's declining. Which, now let me get this straight. If there's less snow on the ground in the spring, don't you have a chance to raise more crops? And when you actually look at what food production's doing, it's steadily increasing every continent across the globe. Yet what does the headline say? And I can't blame, let's say, the Weather Channel or AccuWeather or whoever wants to just parrot this for the actual article. What I can say is, why don't you research it? Why don't you look and say, well, wait a minute, the food production is going up, the snow is going up. And a little bit of intuition here. Again, if spring is coming a bit earlier, isn't that good for growing food? This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third generation race car driver. And we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible 
But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently, experiencing problems with their memory, or having trouble with routine tasks. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services, make a plan for the future, and access available treatments. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Conversations about what matters the most. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation. Um, We're very happy to welcome our next guest. Mike Netter is a veteran of distribution, sales, and marketing. He's also served executive roles uh, with Corporate Express and Staples. And now he's using his business expertise to try and push a little conservatism in the state of California. That is no easy task, I'm sure. Got a whole group of volunteers together, and they're pushing back on this ridiculous story that we told you about earlier in the week, the utility income-based charge. So what you make is how much you pay, according to the Marxist, I mean, the Democrats in California. We welcome Mike Netter to the program now. Hello, Michael. Thank you for joining us. How are you today, sir? Well, it's always a pleasure. I am speaking from California, where I'd say the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. But frankly, the rich are just moving out. So I don't know who's going to be stuck paying the utility bills. (laughs) <laughs> Rebuild California, as you know, is the group we are used to be, Brian knows this, Recall Gavin 2020, we're the ones that more than just trying, we got on the ballot the recall of Gavin Newsom, and that was our first salvo or first strike, if you will, in taking back the state of California. And let's be clear before we get into today's subject. It's beyond the point in California, different than Florida, different, frankly, than any other state in the union, about it's not Democrat versus Republican, even conservatism versus liberalism, which obviously I'm on our side, if you will. It's frankly hit the point of just common flipping sense. Water, power, crime, homelessness. Um, Unless you own a tent company and don't like power and don't like water, you're probably not for many of those issues. When you talk about the utility bills in California, let's dive right into it, because I got a lot to say and not enough time, which is why, quick plug, I do other radio shows. (laughs) The problem is this, is that no matter how they structure utility bills in California. They want to do it by ridiculous income tier, if they want to do it per whatever. The price of gas is talked about a lot because people see the price of gas. Everybody, especially Californians, know that when you pull up to the pump and fill your car with petrol, we're paying about $2 more than the rest of the country. But people also know that due to economic conditions, which is a fancy way for saying a lot of things, the price of gas fluctuates. Fair enough. Some days it's so high you scream. Some days you scream louder. Some days you're just quiet and taken in, but it goes up and down. What many people don't realize is California wants to go, oh, electric on vehicles, because that's a really bright idea, because we do such a great job of producing electricity, and we pass that around the country. I'm going to tell everybody out there, never in the history since Edison harnessed electricity, have you seen your utility bill go down? And Californians pay 
about three and a half times the price per kilowatt hour for electricity than the rest of the country. And this just in, not breaking news, but unless you live here, there's three major utility companies in California. PG&E, who contributes heavily to Gavin Newsom, Southern California uh, Gas and Electric, and of course, Semper, known as San Diego Gas and Electric. Each of them have just applied, yes, you're hearing correctly, for a 22% increase because they need more money. I'm sorry, I mean, they have increased operating costs. No, wait, they need more money for various reasons to push on all Californians, the largest state in the union. The screaming you hear across California on about the 15th of each month, isn't that that Gavin Newsom has returned to the state of California? The screaming you hear is people all over the country ripping, in the state, ripping open their mail and seeing their utility bills. The average utility bill now in California is going to three to $700 a month. So let's go with an all electric car, which just by the way, if you do the math, if you were to take the government subsidies out, would cost you about $17 per gallon to run compared to petrol. Now, I understand in 500 years, climate change may be a problem. I'm worried about Thursday and how I'm going to feed my family. Okay, and that's the reality of it. As we face today, we're getting scammed by electric companies, which are being funded, which your funding politicians is private companies. Jeez, Back to you. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. $17 a gallon. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Can when you, you comprehend this? In, studies are done. You got to remember that much of electric cars, and Brian, I think I said this before on your show. I don't remember this because I'm not quite that old. But when the internal combustion engine came along, we didn't outlaw the horse. Right? Yeah. We let the free market kind of figure it out, right? And the free market built internal combustions. People got tired of feeding the horse, the horse dumpy on the street. The horse was a little bit slower. Internal combustion won. So, government today, from the leftist point of view, is building stations using our tax dollars to try to outlaw the internal combustion engine instead of letting free market win because if people really start plugging in their cars to charge them on their dime, which will happen, they're going to find their dime is now 10 bucks. And Jeez that's Louise. the part that gets lost a lot in this translation of transformation to electric car and people don't see their utility bills like they watch it, right? When you fill up your car, everybody stares and goes, oh my God, is it going to be 40 bucks, 50 bucks, 60 bucks? It's like reverse lotto excitement, if you will. How much did I lose at that moment? Your utility bill, you get it, you scream, you pay it because this just in, they got the power, I need the juice, and we got back on something else like eating, which I enjoy. That's the problem that we have. 
It's government subsidies, and that's the difference, if you will, Stephen, when you open with, between conservatism, if you will, and liberalism. Liberalism is, let me handle it, because we do such a good job of running everything. No, Yahoo's, your job is to stay out of the way, which is kind of what the difference really is going to be in the debate tonight, which really, should, I'm very upset with myself that I have not opened a hair gel company who could be sponsoring the debate on television tonight, DeSantos versus Newsom, because that needs to be sponsored by a hairspray company. And that should be the poll. <laughs> yeah, maybe, presents, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we could get a, a platform shoe company involved also and some <laughs> teeth whitening companies. I mean, we could. Well, make, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. We should make it. The all cosmetic debate, because who cares what they stand for? It apparently is how they look. Yeah, yeah. And and Mike, um, you know, we we've also been talking about how there is the um, the unelected bureaucratic roundtable of the CPUC, and how they've just approved a thirteen percent rate increase across the board for Californians starting January first. And on top of that, they want more money to bury expensive lines instead of repairing the current infrastructure. What can you say about all this? Okay, so I I debated a movie with Dennis Quaid. I wasn't in the movie. Look at me. You can see why. It's hard to believe I didn't get the job as Brad Pitt's stunt double, but now that they can <laughs> see me, you can see why. We debated a movie back in January called Grid Down Power Up. The power lines need to be buried. This And that is 100% that's across the nation. Real quickly, there's three grids in the country. There's the great state of Texas. There's the west and there's the east. One of those grids goes down. We have a long cold winter for a long time but the scam is this is that bearing the power line when they increase the rates only about 10 to 15 percent oh would i pay five more dollars a month absolutely to keep my power on yeah well, However, yeah, you know i'm paying 20 more dollars a month and only $5 really goes eventually to burying the lines. And it's really a 22% increase because the one you're talking about just takes effect in January. Back to you, Stephen. Yeah, I was just going to say that it's it, it, you're talking about the debate tonight uh, that Hannity is hosting over on Fox. And it's going to be an interesting debate, I guess, especially now, given the fact that uh, Newsom is... Uh, for all intents and purposes, the shadow candidate, I would say, even if Biden does run and God forbid win again, uh, he won't be there long. And, and Gavin setting himself up to take over. Could you imagine a Gavin Newsom in the White House with this this climate religion, this 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 zeal that he has for this all electric net zero? We were just talking to uh, our previous guest about this. What would Gavin Newsom do on a national scale uh, that scares you the most, Mike? Wash his hair, wash all the oil out, and pollute most of the oceans. But who's got <laughs> the time to cover that? What yeah. Gavin really, what you need to understand is this. Climate change isn't about climate change. It's about money. Let's look at some hard statistics on California, what Gavin has done. And tonight, they're going to talk about COVID. How many people died? How many people didn't? What did they die of? How, uh, here's the bottom line. California, 
Undisputable fact has the most population of any state in the union. California, undisputable fact, has 13% almost of people that live at or below the poverty line. Quick math, that's 5 million people. That's the federal poverty line, the most in the country. But wait, there's more, as they say on late night TV. You adjust the poverty rate, this is from the U.S. federal census, by the cost of living. Like just the, the federal poverty rate is barely 30,000 a year. You can't live on that anywhere. In California, when they adjusted, almost 31%, 12 million Californians live at or edge, at or at the edge of poverty. I'm going to say that again. Increased almost 20% since Gavin took office. The economic reasons behind it, yes, have to do with rising utility bills, the price of gas at the pump, the fact that a burger costs more than a pint of Jack Daniels used to, allegedly. Don't know how I would know that. Um, the reality is this. The cost of living in California, our high taxation rate that they used to fund things like the climate change narrative, why managing water poorly. You want clean electricity? Make those dams run, baby. And then you can also drill. But the reality is we've got a rising cost of living that Gavin Newsom and his cronies plan on bringing to the rest of the country. The California budget, when Gavin came into office, was $200 billion. That's with a B, folks. Gavin's last budget that he has to cut back on with a deficit is $318 billion. 318 with a B, folks. That's in six short years. He has taken the budget of California up to 33%. We're helping the poor. Well, you're going to need to, you idiot, because the number of people defined as poor is growing rapidly. If that's what you want, running the country, good luck with that. And that's why I say that Rebuild California, taking back California is important because I don't care if it's Texas, Tennessee, Idaho, New Hampshire, the government of the United States, $31 trillion in debt, is going to amplify rapidly until we have to develop a new terminology because if you want the rest of the United States to be broke, poor, homeless, crime running the streets, that's what you're going to get. And if you don't believe me, exhibit A, Camila Harris. You think Joe Biden is bad? I pray every day, Joe, stay alive. At least prop him up. Get a zombie to play his part. Because if you think mm -hmm. Joe is bad, another export called Camila Harris from California, hey, brought to you like we send you California politicians all the time is going to go really bad. That's why we build California. Yeah, well, people can follow you on x.com or Twitter if you prefer, at Netter Mike. Um, that is one of the great places to keep up with what Mike Netter is doing there. Uh, Mike, we're just about out of time. We're in our last minute here, but um, any quick thoughts on the rise in crime? I noticed you flagged up uh, George, a uh, tweet about George Gascon here in uh, 40 seconds or less. Where are you at with crime in California? 40 seconds or less, it's really simple. Yep, it is really simple. It's a mess. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike, thank you so much for being here with us. That's Mike Netter. Again, rebuildcalifornia.com is the website and uh, at Netter Mike on x.com. Great discussion, Mike. 
Clock is up. Thank you for joining us. And we will look forward to speaking with you again really soon. Again, RebuildCalifornia.com. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT Radio.